We're driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search match with Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. Leveraging over 140 million qualifications and preferences every day, Indeed's matching engine is constantly learning from your preferences, so the more you use Indeed, the better it gets. Join more than 3.5 million businesses worldwide that use Indeed to hire great talent fast. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Just go to Indeed.com slash BlueWire right now and support our show by saying that you heard about Indeed on this podcast. That's Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. gentlemen boys and girls welcome back to another episode of talking halos i am your host today jared timms and i am joined alongside my co-host my partner in crime tonight nate green or i guess today when you guys are listening to this nate how you doing tell us where you're at because i hear some little bit in the background and i'm gonna apologize for everybody for him now he is yes. on business and we're, we're working through the business trip but we're gonna make it work yeah i gotta work through the business trip i'm in kansas city <laughs> Uh, just trying to uh, get this podcast in, even though it's it's late and I got to be up early, but it's okay. It's all good. Got to talk my Angels baseball. See, I had no idea that you were in Kansas City, or else I would have just kind of done this by myself. But it's okay. We, you know, we can make this work. We'll be quick with this. We'll be quick with this. So, guys, as yeah, always, thank you so much for listening to this podcast. If you have not already, go real quick, subscribe to this podcast because we are back and we're rolling. We're getting this going. Apologize for not being on on. Monday, which was yesterday for you guys, we were trying to get back on that consistent basis, and and we will. It's just going to take a little bit of time, but guys, go subscribe to this podcast wherever you're listening to it. You can leave us a five-star review wherever you're listening to it. Follow us on all our social medias, uh, Instagram, Twitter, Facebook, all that fun stuff, and follow myself on Twitter, Jared underscore Tim's. Go follow Nate on Twitter at NateGreen34. He loves to listen to everybody complain to him. So go do that, and as always, give us one second to pay the bills. Hey everyone, before we start, I want to tell you about Blue Wire Hustle, a brand new program where you can host your very own podcast here at Blue Wire. Hustle was created to give everyone the opportunity to take your podcast to the next level, or if you want to host a podcast and just don't know where to start, Hustle is a perfect place for you. As part of the program, you'll receive cover art, personalized, Q&As of Blue Wire's top podcasters, access to our community discord and an e-learning course full of tips and tricks and on top of that we'll help you get your show pushed out to apple spotify google stitcher and you name all the other ones you got them okay the best part is you can get all this for only 15 bucks a month the same rate as any other hosting site would charge you just the initial setup so whether you're starting from scratch or have an existing show that you want to grow hustle is an open door to leveling up your sports podcasting experience 
Acceptance in the program is limited, so get your application in today. To apply, go to bwhustle.com forward slash join. Check out the description box for this episode to find out more. But that's bwhustle.com slash join. All right, guys, enough with all of that. Let's get this show rolling. And Nate, a little bit of a heated discussion. I don't know if it's really heated, but I kind of brought up, and, and I, I'll, I'll paraphrase this. There's a kid down in AAA. His name's Mike Stefanik. If you don't know who he is yet, yep. go yeah, go, go ahead and go look him up. I rave about him on a nightly basis. The kid just hits yep. undrafted free agent. I, I'm. It's quite amazing what he's doing. Uh, but the reason why he's not up, and, and at the moment, as we're recording this, he's two for three through the first three innings of the game tonight in AAA, and it's it's quite impressive. Like I said, what he's doing, I think he's batting close to 350 and. In I think 93 games exactly for AAA Salt Lake. Again, undrafted free agent went to Westmont University, and again NAIA guy. So I love to to not really worship, but to really give these guys their praise because a lot of these guys work their butts off. Not not saying that you know first rounders don't work their butts off, but the the guys from the smaller schools and the guys who just don't get the recognition. The anybody drafted after like the third round. I love just, you know, then that's basically everybody. But anybody who doesn't get their due diligence, it, it, that, that that's what I love about it, about the minors. Because everybody gets hot, everybody will do it. But, man, this kid has, has earned a major league spot, and it's it's quite impressive. So that brings me to why I wanted to bring this up. And the fact that he isn't up yet is because he is oh an okay defender. He's not the best. I think he's playing first base tonight. He's played second base. He's played every infield position. I think they've had him in left field and right field as well. So he's versatile, but I, I don't know where exactly he fits. And, and it's a conversation that I've had with a lot of people, and nobody really knows where he hit, where he fits. But he has the bat and the mentality of David Fletcher. So brings me to my question, and, and this can be just a broad question, not just about Mike Stefanik, but that was just kind of the background of this question. Does defense matter? Yeah, I think it does to a point, and you're seeing what's happening with the Angels this year. I mean, you could talk about the Angels having one of the worst defenses, and we thought going into the year it was going to be a strength with Anthony Rendon, Jose Iglesias, Fletcher, gold glove guy. Basically, had a shot at three gold gloves, second, short, and third, and then Walsh being able to play decent defense at first. Um, so yeah, it was definitely something we thought was going to be a strength turned into a weakness for the team, but... Um, I, I do think defense matters, but I also, you know, I, I am a coach. And the thing you tell all these guys, if you hit, you'll find your way into the lineup. And I think you got to give the guy some sort of opportunity. Like, Rangifo's actually hitting decently. Um, but that, that could have been a spot for him where it's like, hey, we'll call him up, let, let him play second once a week, twice a week, let Fletcher play short, and just kind of see what you have. Because, again, we, we talk about this all the time. We get into – October, November, when we're trying to figure out what the Angels' offseason plans are going to be, and you know they're always centered around the pitching staff. But like, we get into this time, and it's like, okay, so this guy could make the roster, but we don't know because we didn't see him in the big leagues. We only saw him in AAA, and yeah, sure, he hit AAA, but as you know, AAA pitching and big league pitching are totally different. Um, and we've seen that a lot this year where you're seeing triple A arms get called up to the big leagues and they can't throw strikes, but they, but they have an ERA under one in triple A. So I, I think just from where the angels are, like, I think there's five games under 500, possibly six games under 500, depending on how this game ends tonight. 
you, you got to give as many guys opportunities as possible and just kind of see where you're at, especially when you kind of don't have to worry about Joe Adele anymore. He's out for probably the rest of the year. You don't have to worry about a Mike Trout and Anthony Rendon. We got rid of Jose Iglesias. So there are a lot of positions open where you can move some guys around and really just force a couple guys into the lineup. So I would love to see him get a chance. Uh, yeah, I, I've seen him. I've seen his numbers. He, he's just hitting out of his mind down in AAA. And, you know, what more can, can you ask for out of that kid? Like, I really don't know. Like, you're seeing guys who aren't hitting at the AAA level getting calls to the big leagues. And I, I don't know how that's fair to this kid who just continues to go out there and grind every single day. Yeah, 100%. And I, I, I do believe that Mike Stefanik has earned a chance to play at the major league level. And, and Perry Manassian has said that as well. That uh, he, he has, but you know, he has a couple things to work on. And, and, it, and we know it's defense. We know that's what it is. And, and, and the reason why I brought this up, and, and it really wasn't necessarily meant to be about Mike Stefanik. I just meant about you know defense in general. But I, I love talking about Mike Stefanik. Like he is, him and Braxton Martinez are two of my favorite guys to talk about down the minors because of what they've done this year offensively. I mean the stats are, are, are amazing. And again, if you haven't seen Braxton Martinez's numbers, he's he has been unbelievable. And, and we're going to get to him. We're going to break down the minor leagues here in the upcoming weeks. And basically go like level by level and just kind of talk it out, talk about it and feel it out. I know you know most people don't have the the knowledge that like I said I don't like to be cocky about this, but no most people haven't watched the minors like I've watched the minors. So yeah, it is what it is. But the reason why I I brought up you know this whole thing was because and and I'll even quote tweet my I'll even quote what I what I just tweeted out and the Angels rank. 29th in Fangraph's defensive war at negative 30.5. They rank 25th in defensive run save. That's another Fangraph stat. That's at negative yep. 31. They rank 29th in UZR, which is ultimate zone rating, which yep. is a bunch of things combined. They're, they're 29th in baseball at 26.5, which is, is not very good. In fact, in fact, if you look at some individual players, I'd say Andrew and Simmons probably, and this is just going off the top of my head, might have a 26 plus UZR this year. I, I could totally be wrong, but it would make. I think sense. he's played pretty bad in Minnesota. I think he's been bad every with defense and offense there, but I, I could be wrong. I, I I don't I don't know. I mean, but Andrew and Simmons is amazing. But uh, and according to Baseball Savant, the Angels have are, are 27th in baseball in in outs above average, which is a new stat that incorporates all the stat cast at, at negative 23. So. And that's actually gotten better because of I believe Brandon Marsh has been really good defensively in center field, and being center field being a premier position that helps out. And and, and I haven't looked at what Luis Renifo has done at at shortstop either, but knowing his background, I know he's a pretty he's a decent defender. And again, just giving him consistent at bats. So you know, with all those numbers being said, it's it, it just. That, that's why I kind of asked and wanted to bring up the defensive side of things. Is I mean, does defense really matter? Because, I mean, you look at a lot of these stats, and, and yes, some of the best teams in baseball, like the Cardinals are, have the most outs above average, according to Baseball Savant, and they're the hottest team in baseball right now. And, and I know defense doesn't have a lot to do with it, but at some point, I mean, the Angels, this is a interesting thing to say, but the Angels were a very good defensive team for a very long time. However, I think that was more along the lines of Andrew and Simmons being the Mike Trout of defense, if that makes sense. Mm -hmm. 
So I, I, I don't know. I mean, you, you kind of get what I'm saying. Like, I, I want defense yep. to matter, and I really do think it matters, but I, I don't know to what degree, at what positions. Like, do you just worry about up the middle? Like, the Angels have Max Stassi, who's a very good defender behind the plate. Like, do you build off that? Does it matter defensively behind the plate? Does it, like, I mean, we've seen, like, Max Stassi or Kurt Suzuki. Who would you rather have? I think that's an easy Max Stassi behind the dish, right? Yes, absolutely. And I, I do think defense matters. It, it wouldn't have been a priority this offseason if it didn't matter. And I think if, and again, this is going to go back to, to what we talked about a long time ago, but, like, the Angels wanted to get back to playing 1970s baseball where, you know, Defense is a big, big deal in, in, in that area of baseball. It was, you know, can you pitch? Can you play defense? And I think the Angels pitching has been bad this year. Let's, let's be honest. I know you can argue that, you know, the starting pitching has been that bad or the, the bullpen hasn't been that bad of late, whatever. But honestly, the defense dictates how well some of those pitchers pitch. Uh, Hector Sandy, or not Hector Sandy, excuse me, um, Jose Quintana walks a lot of guys. When, when he was pitching with the Angels, he walked a lot of guys, so, so it's really hard to play defense against the walk. But when you have guys that are pitched to contact guys uh, and guys, the guys that are allowing the ball to be put in play, like Patrick Sandoval was. I know Patrick Sandoval was getting a, a bunch of punch outs as well, but like they're still putting the ball in play against them. And you still got to make plays behind him. So I, I do think defense matters, and I, I do think that needs to be something that that, that is talked about this offseason because you know the number one need for the Angels is going to be shortstop. And the other thing that's going to be talked about is who's going to play center field next year. And we know Mike Trout's going to be in the lineup, but will Mike Trout be in center field? And does that make the Angels better moving him to a corner? Does it make him healthier? Um, there's just going to be a lot of defensive-minded questions, I think. And when you look at that shortstop market, who's available, the first thing that's going to come up is, yes, who's marketable, but then also who plays the best defense is really going to come up. Because I think for the most part, those those guys offensively are pretty close, even though I think Baez is far behind Seager, Correa, Story uh, offensively. But the question is going to be who can play defense because our pitching needs somebody who can play defense. Yes, and I and I totally agree with you there and I and I you knew you knew exactly what I was going to say, didn't you? <laughs> because you brought up the marketability and you know exactly and and you know I don't like to say this person's name on this, but you know exactly what Artie Moreno is going to want. And again, it's it's Artie gets what Artie wants and that I'm fine with that. It's his team, he sh- he should 110%. And if he wants to go out and get Javi Baez, he's going to go get Javi Baez, just like he got everybody else that he has wanted, minus a couple guys. Like, I mean, there's been guys. I'm sure he wanted Garrett Cole and those type of guys. But if, if he wants He Javi wanted ba- Adrian Beltre back in the day, didn't get him. But, yeah. You get what I'm saying. Like, and, and, and Artie wasn't that, that the guy he is now, though, you know, that he was when he, like, Adrian Beltre, that's, looking at it now is incredibly like an incredibly good move, you know, like a Hall of Famer, and that, yeah, that's that's who we wanted, and we missed out, and we ended up with Vernon Wells, and 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 so be it, and that's that's a completely different story, and I understand why we're going that direction with it, but again, like back onto the defense, defensive side of things, I I just don't know, it's so tough for me because I love defense, I think that defense wins 
wins World Series. I think it's a good start to winning a World Series. I can't say that it wins it because I will agree with you. I think that pitching at the end of the day in the playoffs wins World Series. And I think that, you know, you can be an average pitching team down the road, like in, in the regular season and be a be a playoff team. And there's a lot of luck that goes into it. But you need good defense at some point. Like, I don't know. The Angels have just been so bad defensively this year. It's tough it's tough not to address the concern and, and, and I don't know who to blame. I don't know what to blame. Like you can make the, the, you can make the point like that Joe Madden came in and then defense got like horribly bad. And you'd be like, Oh, it's Joe Madden. But like, we don't know if it's Joe Madden. Like we don't know what these guys are doing on the side. It's hard for me to point the fingers at some guys. I don't know. Like, I'm not going to point the fingers at people. That, that's that's not my job. That's not where I that's not where I stand on on this whole subject. I'm just wanted to bring up defense. You know. Yeah, and right now, I mean, we're not competing for a World Series right now. We're we're six games under 500, and five games under 500. Um, so just go find out what he is. You know, maybe he is better defensively in the big leagues than than people thought. Maybe the Angels do a really good job with positioning him, and the guy rakes out of his mind and plays average defense and it's like hey you know what we can use that guy off the bench so this is the time that's that's the thing that i've been trying to preach for a long time is when you are out of it this is the time to try and figure out what you have and i feel like that's something the angels have not done um, for multiple years is we get into september and it's oh, no, we, we want to finish the year at 500, or we want to finish the year a couple games over 500. It's like, who cares? At this point, like, let's find out what we have so we don't go into the offseason with 100 question marks going, all right, is Joe Adele ready? Is Joe Adele able to play at this level? Is Brandon Marsh able to play at this level? And you just continue to go on and on through the rabbit hole of all these prospects the Angels have that aren't up, that could have been up, and then we end up – in February for spring training, it's like, oh, well, we didn't address a need in the outfield because we thought this guy was going to be ready, even though he hasn't played a major league game. And he looks like trash in, in spring training because he's not ready. And now we're a guy short. Now we got to go find somebody two weeks before the season who's probably not the best option for us. So that's my take. Like, yeah, defense matters, but this is a time to find out how good he really is. Yeah, I, I agree. I think, you know, this anyone, is something... it doesn't just have to be him. Yeah, no, I, I think we've been preaching this for a while. It's like, you know, you have these guys in, in AAA and, and even with, you know, like the 2020 season and how that was, you should have, like Joe Adele should have been playing every day, no matter how bad he was. <laughs> right? Like, I mean, you, you at least knew. And, and, and same thing, and I get starting him in the minors. That's 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 a good thing. And and yeah. I mean, we can make we can play Captain Hindsight all we want with with all of this stuff, you know. But yeah, I I agree with you to to answer the 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 question: Does defense matter? Because I, I brought this up, and I, I I love defense. I definitely think it matters. So Nate, let's hop on to exactly what we want to talk about. And guys, if you're just joining us for you know these podcasts and are wondering, hey, why aren't these guys talking? Angels baseball right now because you know they're on and they're playing and and why are they not doing a recap? It's because honestly, like, do we really want to talk about the Angels right now and and a game that really 
doesn't matter all that much. Like I, I, I do want to talk about it. And if something happens, we, we can definitely talk about it. But so, so be it. Let, let's let's talk about the future and let's talk about what you know can actually happen here. And no, no way to you know better do that than let's talk about the MVP, Nate. Let's talk about does Shohei Otani still deserve the MVP? Yes, of course. Um, I think Salvador Perez has played a big, big role into this, actually. And I don't know if this gets talked about enough. I know the question has been floating around on MOB.com, on MOB Network. If Vlad Guerrero Jr. wins the Triple Crown, does that automatically mean he wins the MVP? And I think Jared and I talked about this last time. Trout had probably the best year of his career when Miguel Cabrera won the MVP, when he won the Triple Crown. So I do think that that is a big deal, winning the Triple Crown. And I think Salvador Perez becoming the hottest hitter in baseball over the last two weeks to really put him um, with a good amount of RBI leads over Vlad to to make sure that he won't be caught. And also to continue to hit home runs, which is making Vlad chase him there too. I think he hit number 44 today and, and has the all-time home run record for a catcher in a season, I believe. Um but yeah, I think he is a big, big reason why Shohei Otani wins the MVP. And I know you guys are going to be like, well, Nate, like, this is probably the greatest season ever. And I would agree with you that Otani has had an amazing year. I think it has really, really come to a, a halt, though, this last couple weeks to a month where Otani really hasn't hit as well as he did early in the year. And, you know, not getting as many opportunities to pitch with the sore arm, but he threw really well on Sunday, so that was good to see. Uh, hopefully he gets one more shot at 10 wins because that would be a big milestone for Jared and I just being able to talk about that some more. But, yeah, I think he still wins the MVP, long story short, um, just because Salvador Perez uh, made it too hard for Vlad to win the Triple Crown. Yeah, and and, and Salvi just hit his 46th of the of the year passing Johnny Bench, 46, 45 was the record. So, But, yeah, I, I think it's a two-man race. I mean, Salvi's going to get some some votes and because of the old-school riders and what Salvi's done this year, and he's had a fantastic year offensively. Don't get me wrong by any standpoint. I mean, 46 home runs is 46 home runs. But I, I, we, it's a two-man race, right? There's, there's nobody else. I mean, we tried to talk about this. A little bit before we thought like Marcus Simeon, but if if Vlad's not going to win it, you know why would Marcus Simeon win it? There's not really any pitchers. Garrett Cole maybe in the in the chase. I, I think I threw out Nathan Evaldi. I don't think that's really a, a, a name to really be concerned about. But between Vlad and and Shohei Otani, I, I think that's the way it ends up being, and it's it's close, right? Like. Yeah, I don't know how to like. It's. I think it's a lot closer than people thought it would be at the All Star break. Hundred percent, hundred percent. And you look at like Shohei Otani's last start really, really helped him out. You look at, let's look. You look at look at Shohei Otani offensively. He's batting two fifty seven. It would be the lowest batting average for an MVP winner that wasn't a pitcher full time. Uh, he's he's slashing that two fifty seven, three fifty nine. 591 with a 149 WRC plus. That's with an that's with a uh, I don't know what he did tonight. Is he over he's over one tonight already? I believe, and he has 25 doubles, 44 home runs, 23 stolen bases. 
uh, and from a pitching standpoint as well, he's had a a, a fantastic year. He's nine and two. Like we said, that tenth win will probably be pretty big for him. He struck out 146 players or batters in 123 innings pitched. He's walked 44. The command has looked spectacular ever since. Let's probably mid July. He's been he's been absolutely lights out. He had 10 strikeouts um, last night. He deserved to win the game last night. The offense just wasn't quite there. So. And then when you look at Vlad's numbers, and Vlad's had a another spectacular season, a 0 for 4 today, which doesn't help anything out. But he's slashing 324, 10, 614 with a 172 WRC plus. Those are some Mike Trout like numbers right there. He's got 46 home runs, and he almost he's only struck out 104 times in 80 in 82 uh, in 82 walks this year. So I, I think that it is a lot closer than what people are saying, but. To ask the you know the question, Triple Crown or what Shohei Otani's done this year, and not be a biased Angels fan about this, I it's it's tough because of what grade of years these are, and it would have probably helped a little bit more if Miggy didn't win the Triple Crown because it would have been that much more special. But you have to think that Shohei Otani has it on lock with what he's done this year. The only reason why I would say if if Vlad somehow gets stupid hot in this last two weeks of the season, you know, takes over the lead, wins the triple crown, I think he's back about eight in RBI. So maybe it's ten now after Salvi's day. But um, yeah, the only reason that I would say Vlad wins if he wins triple crown is he's on a playoff team. And don't get me wrong. The Angels have won the MVP multiple times without being a playoff team. I know that, but it's called the most valuable player. And you take Vlad Guerrero Jr. off that team, or you give the Blue Jays the Vlad Guerrero Jr. that they have had the last two years, they're probably not a playoff team. And I think that is incredibly valuable when you're talking about the MVP. Is I'm not saying you have to be a playoff team, but I think if it's very, very close, that that's probably the deciding factor for me if I were voting. Um, are you a playoff team? And how much did you affect that playoff team? And I think if you're going to have numbers like that, you probably really affected that playoff team, especially on a team who is traditionally not a playoff team. They haven't been a playoff. They were a playoff team last year, I guess. But, you know, you go back, it's been, what, five, four or five years since they've been a playoff team. So I think that that would be the reason why I would give it to Vlad if he were to somehow win the Triple Crown. Final question here, and, and we can we can finish it on this. What does MVP actually mean to you, Nate? For, for me, it is the most valuable player in the league, and I think in order to be valuable, you, you need to you need to help with wins. And I think I think Otani gets a like I think Angel players get hurt a little bit because the expectations on the Angels going into the year, knowing they have Mike Trout, knowing they have Anthony Rendon, and now Shohei Otani, and you know the free agent as they pick up. I think it becomes a little bit hurtful to them because they're expected to win 90 games and, and compete for a playoff spot. And they don't finish the year even close to making the playoffs. So I think they get a little hurt in that, where a team like the Blue Jays, it's more like, hey, you know, it's an up-and-coming team. You know, they signed George Springer. We're not 100% sure if they're ready to win yet, but if they do, that's awesome. You know, like if a Yankee guy, same thing, like if Aaron Judge were to have gone off this year and 
and they miss the playoffs somehow. It's hard for me to give it to Aaron Judge knowing that he's supposed to win 95 games and they win 80, 84 games. And it's like, well, how valuable can you really be? Yeah, you put up numbers, but were those numbers in meaningful games and were those numbers at meaningful times in those games? And I think Vlad Guerrero Jr.'s had some meaningful at-bats, which Shohei Otani really hasn't had meaningful at-bats. And honestly, when we've been down the stretch, like his numbers haven't been that good lately. So I would still give it to Otani just because of the history he's made and the year he's had and just everything about this year. But it's definitely very, very close. I think when you look at an MVP, you kind of look at it how you look at a Hall of Famer, per se, and you look at how good that player was during their generation. You can't compare Hall of Famers to diff- other Hall of Famers. Like You can't compare what Shohei Otani is doing this year to Babe Ruth. As much as we all want to do that, it's not fair to do that to for anybody. It, it really isn't, just because of the error. Like, for all intents and purposes, Babe Ruth was facing 85 miles an hour, and Shohei Otani's facing unbelievable, and he's throwing unbelievable. You know, like that—that's where I stand. And and for me, the most valuable player—you you hit it right on those. It's it's how valuable you are to a team, and do do those value? Does that value translate into wins? I think at the end of the day, it translate in, translates into more wins than. You know what? Like, look at the Angels. With, look at look at look at the Angels without Shohei Otani this year. Ooh, that's 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 rough, right? That's this is not a good year. And we've said this about Mike Trout. Like, look at the Angels without Mike Trout. Yeah, yes, they're not a playoff team without Mike. They're they're not a playoff team still. You know, like whether you have Trout or not, or whether you have Otani or not. But at least they're not a sixty win team. Or I'm not not saying the Angels are a sixty win team this year without Shohei Otani, but. Hey, I mean, you never know, right? Yeah, and that's the thing that I was bringing up with Vlad. It's like, hey, you give them the Vlad they had two years ago that hit 260, I think it was, with like 10 homers and played absolutely terrible defense at third base and just wasn't as good as advertised. They're not in the wild card chase right now. They're probably in the same spot the Angels are, about three to five games under 500, saying, hey, we're really close to being a playoff team were one piece away. And I think because Vlad stepped it up so much this year and, you know, he's had more protection around him, which has helped, but uh, because he has stepped it up so much and that team went from a, a borderline 83, 84 win team to, Hey, they could win 90 games this year. That's the reason why it's, it's a lot closer. But if we were just going based off numbers strictly, Shoei Otani's got it on lock. Yeah, and I and I agree with you. Like that, that's that's an interesting point that you bring up to for for you know the voting side of things. You know, the the Blue Jays aren't a playoff contender without Vlad this year. Granted, they're not a playoff contender without Marcus Simeon this year either. So you could kind of make the case that you know Vlad and Simeon probably have a very similar MVP caliber. I mean, you could probably say it about Robbie Robbie Ray as well. Mm-hmm. But but then again, like if you did this. With all the teams that were almost or that were close to contenders or that are contenders this year that that aren't like I'm trying to think of a team like I mean where where are the Cardinals without Adam Wainwright like can, are you gonna give yeah. are you gonna give the MVP to Adam Wainwright? Yeah. He might get a vote. 
no, he, he might. He might. He's probably going to get votes for sure. And I mean, I don't know. That that it, it's just it's a tough argument to have. I think we're going to argue about this quite a few more times down the road, and we'll kind of see how the, the how the season ends. But that's just something that I wanted to bring up. So. Guys, as always, I just want to thank you all for listening to this podcast. If you could go follow us on all our social medias, subscribe to this podcast wherever you're listening to it, leave us a five-star review. You can follow myself on Twitter at Jared underscore Tims. You can follow Nate at NateGreen34, and have a great rest of your day. Whether you're a world-class athlete or a podcaster like me, we all understand the importance of mental and physical well-being and proper recovery for top-notch performance. That's why I'm excited that Unified Healing is sponsoring podcasts on the Blue Wire Network. Unified Healing is a new and super innovative global network of wellness centers powered by Energy Enhancement System, or EE System. If you haven't heard of the EE System yet, then you'll want to listen up. This technology promotes wellness, deep relaxation, purification, and rejuvenation. Wherever you are across the globe, access to a center is easy and affordable. Interested in experiencing the EE System technology for yourself? Go to unifiedhealing.com slash bluewire to learn more and find a center near you. That's unified, U-N-I-F-Y-D, healing.com slash bluewire. No material or testimonials on the Unified Healing website are intended to be viewed as medical advice or a substitute for professional medical advice, diagnosis, or treatment. Always seek the advice of your physician or other qualified healthcare provider with any questions you may have regarding a medical condition or treatment and before undertaking a new healthcare regimen, including EE system.